Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach, and this is our Windermere Coaching Podcast where we tackle some of your tough real estate questions, uh, and we talk to uh, real estate agents who are actually facing those challenges today. And today, I'm super excited because I have Raman Chavla with us. Raman, how are you? Good. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Well, I want to thank you uh, for being on our podcast. I, I appreciate you taking the time because I know you're a new dad. Yeah, yep, to a baby girl. <laughs> and 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 uh it's very new, right? So a matter of what weeks, aren't we? Aren't we in that world? About one week uh today. Today. Well, you sound very alert, so uh good for you. <laughs> <laughs> the minimal sleep, yes. <laughs> yes, good for you. Well, for the for the listeners, just real quick, just so they kind of know a little bit about you. Uh, you got started in real estate in 2015, and currently you work out of our, what we call our Bellevue Commons office, which is owned by Courtney and Amy Adams in Bellevue. And uh, you've been doing this now for about seven years, right? Correct. Yeah. Seven years with Windermere. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, we're thankful you're with us because I know you have choices. Um, so, so Raman, one of the things I'm seeing today, and you can kind of chime in on this, is that you know we have a market that is aggressive at best because we have supply that's low and demand is high. And so sometimes we have sellers that think, well, let's just do this thing really quickly. And one of the, one of the biggest ways to uh, enhance uh, or net the most money for a seller is, is through exposure. And so do you see agents kind of cutting corners and not really fully running with what we call the open houses uh, in our market today? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. With today's market, I just put on the MLS and it's sold within the hour. Um, I have seen a lot of people not doing open houses or they'll hold an open house, but they won't market it. They won't even put signs out. So they're losing on out on branding and exposure. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree. And, and sometimes the sellers don't realize that, you know, in order for us to net the most, we need to have more eyeballs and the more eyeballs, potentially more offers that allow them to, uh, you know, to go back and forth and negotiate and, you know, they, by not using all the tools that we have at our disposal or the agents have at their disposal, they actually leave money on the table. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. One of the biggest reasons for the open houses is also show uh, the sellers uh, how much activity their home is getting, as well as buyers packing the buyers into the open houses and kind of creating that frenzy of a, of a home. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also think it's great too, is sometimes where you have uh Buyer or sellers who might have expectations that aren't in check and all of a sudden they seeing that they have an open house and all this traffic, but offers aren't happening. That also tells a story as well. Does it not? 
Correct. So you're saying that the open house, if not having an open house, their house doesn't sell. Sorry, I didn't get the question. Yeah. So let's say we do have an open house, right? So let's say there's an open house that's held and they get a lot of traffic, but no offers aren't being made. That's also telling a story to the sellers, right? Yeah. So there's a lack of disconnect from the listing agent to the potential buyers or whoever's holding the open house is not really, you know, advocating on behalf of the seller and really pointing out uh, the specialties of this home, this neighborhood uh, and what's uh, being sold. Yeah, exactly. So, so let me just, so for the listeners, let's just talk about this for a second. So why, what are some of the reasons why you would advocate for an open house? Just to kind of give people an understanding. So kind of the importance of an open house, I believe that every successful real estate broker has to get in front of as many people possible just to win. That's, it's that simple. Um, also, a lot of people will spend a lot of money on lead to get contacts and things like that, which is a great way um, to get ROI, but it takes a long time. However, not with open houses, uh, I like to think about open houses as a property kind of, if anybody's ever worked retail where you have clients come in or customers come in, you know, these people that are coming into the open house have had a thought of buying, selling, or just interested in the real estate market. And then once they're there, it's my job to really create a meaningful connection and ultimately either help my client sell their home or acquire new business in the present or future. Yeah. Well, you know, and stats will tell us, and I'm, I just, I, I happened before this podcast, I pulled up the, uh, the NARS 2020 buyer, uh, buyer and seller profile. And what was interesting is they were looking at buyers. They said, uh, this was information uh, sources used in home search. And number one was the real estate agent at 88% uh, or 87% of all buyers. Number two was a mobile or a tablet search device. So, you know, searching on your phone. Number three at 53% was open house. Yeah. So, which is so, huge. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's open houses, number, you know, real estate agent, uh, mobile device, open house. And uh, what's crazy is then when you look at the stats, how many, how many people don't hold an open house yet? It's number three on the list. It goes right back to what you talked about is exposure. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, you know, that, so that's, that's a, that's a big reason. Um, so let me ask you this. How do you, how do you choose the open houses that you're going to hold open? I mean, if it's your listing, I, I get that, but are there other, other things you look at when you're going to hold an open house? Yeah. So there's a couple of checklists I kind of go over. Um, one, I make sure does the property show well inside out uh, if it's my listing or if I'm doing another agent's listing, uh, I also want to see how they've marketed it. Did they take good quality photos? Did they do good marketing on it? Uh, as well as does the property have any unique features like for summertime, you know, a pool, that's a great feature to have, or with the pandemic, a lot of people want yard space. So I'll tend to try to do houses with good yard space. That's where I've seen the most traffic Uh, as well as I like to do open houses closer to a main road. Uh, I found that if I do one that's really deep in a neighborhood and it takes a while to get to off the, the main road, I don't get that much activity, but if it's closer to a main road, it, it's bonanza. Um, the other thing is also I make sure the house is priced competitively uh, right. or it's a saleable price. If it's, if I personally know it's overpriced and I've done the comps and it's maybe been on the market for a few weeks, that's something I probably wouldn't 
holds open if it's another agent's listing. So I try to make sure it's new to the market, if not first week to the market, to get the best um, exposure and the best use of my time for the, uh, being at the open house. Uh, as well as I make sure it's easily accessible for like parking. So once again, I, my, my goal is to get as many people to this open house as possible to potentially help sell the home or get uh, new clients to work with. Right. Well, and I think, you know, when I, when I look at the list, so uh, I was sitting here uh, reading an article about this and some of the things we teach me to Ninja is, you know, if, if looking at open homes, and this is something that you can uh, kind of let me know if this is so one of them, I'd say, is to meet prospective buyers, right, obviously, who are coming to buy the house. But also, we know that 62% of buyers that go into an open house also have a home to sell. Correct. So not only so, are, you, are you meeting buyers in an open house, but you're also potentially meeting sellers who aren't yet working with a real estate agent. Is that correct? Correct. So one thing I've found successful is like kind of doing a mega open house where I invite the neighbors and what I have found, those neighbors have thought about selling. It's not necessarily they want to buy the home I'm holding open, but they want to talk to a real estate expert about potentially selling their home. So agents that don't hold opens um, in the area they want to be uh, in are really doing a big disservice to their business because they're missing out on all that potential business. I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, uh, you bring up a good point. The other thing I was going to ask you is when you're selecting, like if you're going to hold open house or you have a listing there and you want more listings in that neighborhood, one of the best ways to generate more business, just as you said, is to do the open house and then have uh, conversations and engagement with the neighbors, correct? Correct. And, th- and that's why I like to do uh, what, like what I call a mega open house, uh, where I'll usually do it on Saturday and I'll do it two hours before the public open. Uh, what I'll do is either mail out flyers or personally go door knock the neighborhood and invite them to like a neighborhood mega open house where, you know, if we weren't during COVID times, I would either have some food or drinks. Um, now I just have, you know, cold water bottles and hand sanitizers for everybody. Right. Uh, so what, what that does is um, I get to meet all the neighbors. Uh, I get to chat about the area with them. So I get a better understanding and also I'll also get their contacts. So if they talk about potentially selling their house down four months down the road, six months down the road. Um, and that's fine if they're working with a, another agent or have an agent, but what that does, uh, I can put that in my um, information. So if I have a buyer that fits that criteria, I can reach out to uh, this neighbor and be like, Hey, I have a buyer. If you want to sell, uh, or let me know when you're getting ready to sell. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. In fact, the list, and I'll just read the list for the listeners that we have here, that things we go through. So my list consists of, uh, number one, to meet prospective buyers who may also be sellers. That's that's one we just talked about. The other one is to market the home to buyers and meet buyers, right? So there's, a, there's buyers that may not want to buy that home, but they might want to buy a home. They just happen to be looking at this one, but it's not exactly what they want, but they're just out there trying to understand the market. Uh, to sell the home and satisfy the seller, obviously. I mean, that's that's our a big that's the biggest goal is to make sure the home gets sold. The other one is to generate a listing appointment after the open house. Have you done that in the past? Yeah, so um, I love doing open houses, and at least a couple of my sales each year come from other agents' open houses where I was the first one to hold uh, the house open and talk to a buyer and after the open house, we had a meeting and we actually wrote an offer on that same house and got it under contract. Oh, wow. Um, 
as well as, uh, you know, since I have, I have a lot of people sign into my sign in sheet and I know a lot of agents find that as a huge objection by saying, Hey, no one ever signs in. So what I've found that people gravitate to more digital devices. So if I have my iPad and a sign in sheet, like I like to use open home pro, um, I've never nine out of 10 times got an objection about somebody signing in, <coughs> excuse me. So yeah. once I have their information, uh, that app actually just sends them an email, uh, with the home information, my contact. And then once I'm done with the open house, I'll go through my list and just reach back out to everybody, either if they've requested the inspection report or more information or, Hey, let's set up an appointment, um, and discuss your real estate goals. And usually every other open house, I find success. Yeah. So you're, you're not seeing a challenge with getting people to sign in. And I, and I think, you know, what, what's interesting is I think a lot of times an excuse is made. And what I find is that um, if I walk into your open house and this goes back to one of the other things I had on my list, which I'll just say this real quick is gain experience in working with the public. Um, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because I have literally walked into open houses where my, my, my scanner, my I'm in danger scanner went off and said, Oh my gosh, this is a salesperson. And they're making it all about them in this house and I'm uncomfortable. I guarantee I'm not signing anything. Uh, versus I walk into an open house and somebody says, greets me with a, you know, very pleasant. How are you today? Great. What brings you in? Uh, are, you know, um, do you live in the neighborhood? Oh, we live down the street. Oh, how long have you lived here? And pretty soon now I'm engaged in a really polite, nice conversation with somebody who's not trying to sell me anything. And now I'm willing to sign something because I feel like they may bring value to me. Um, and so I think a lot of times agents say, well, nobody will sign anything. The first thing I would say to them is, uh, what's your process you have for engaging people? Yeah, so uh, I kind of agree with you in that aspect where I don't, as soon as they enter the door, I don't bombard them. Hey, sign in before you even look. Um, I like to have a little conversation depending on if it's like a neighbor or a buyer. Uh, and then they're, like you said, they're more easily more open to give you, you know, their name, number, and email. Uh, as well as if you get that one person who's just does not want to give you information, which, which is totally fine. I just go back to, Hey, you know, the, these are my seller's uh, house and they would like to know who's coming through the open house. Um, so we still get their contact, not necessarily we're going to follow up with them, but by the time they leave the open house, they're like, Hey, can you please reach out to me or send me the inspection report? Right. Yeah. No. And that, now you've identified that these are probably some serious buyers, correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about, um, so marketing the open house. So you said sometimes you'll door knock, you'll do a mega open house. Are there any other really unique things that you found for marketing your open houses? Uh, yeah. So, you know, just with the marketing plan, always, obviously it's got me on the MLS. Uh, I really like to post to Facebook and Instagram and a lot of people will just do kind of like their paid social media and just have it as like advertisement. But what I like to do is actually like dig a little bit deeper on Facebook and find the neighborhood groups. Um, for example, I, uh, I do a lot of the work in Bothell. So I'll go to Bothell housing and actually post about the open house. Uh, I'll do one post about with the photos and uh, the house that's listed, the open house times, <clears throat> And then I'll also do another post with like the next day with a video of the house or me showing, uh, doing a walkthrough of the house. And I, I found that really successful. Uh, and another thing I'm seeing, sometimes agents these days don't want to put out, you know, their open house signs. They only put one out in front of the street 
Uh, and I feel like that's a huge disservice to the agent. Uh, so I try to make sure, you know, certain areas only allow you four, some will allow you more than four signs. So I try to put out the maximum amount of open house signs allowed. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Two things I just want to repeat that you brought up. So one is you go into social media, specifically in Facebook, and find the neighborhood group around that around that house, and you post up there. Uh, In Instagram, you can do something similar. Um, And then the other thing, and I I love this. So in the book, The Windermere Way, John Jacoby talks about early, early on when they got started in 72, they were just one office with eight agents, but he wanted to make sure that they were known. And so he would have his agents put out as many A boards when they did open houses as they could, because what it did is it looked like that agent dominated that neighborhood. Yeah, so I completely agree. I, I love that. That's a great idea. Instead of just putting out one, you've got them at different areas, strategic areas. So depending on where people are driving by, they're seeing your name basically in different areas in that neighborhood, correct? Correct. So yeah. it takes a little bit of time, but I, it, the, you know, the ROI is there. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So, so, you're, so those are marketing pieces. So you're using social media, you're doing stuff in the neighborhood. Uh, you're putting it out there. And then as far as um, putting it in the MLS, obviously, so it's searchable for open houses on the on the weekends, you're going to be holding it open. Correct. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. So preparing for the open house, uh, are there any specific things you do, like generating QR codes or getting material ready for your open houses or anything unique you do uh, so that the experience is enriched when the buyers or possible sellers come to the open house? Yeah, no, great question. So before like a day or two before the open house, um, I make sure to do a search to know about, you know, the surrounding listings and kind of when their open house times are. So hopefully they overlap to get maximum traffic in the area, Uh, Mm -hmm. as well as I'll make sure to get like, you know, my financing option sheet. So if I do have a potential buyer comes in, they know what it takes to buy the house. Uh, I'll have my iPad ready, um, property flyer. So if it's another agent listing, I'll make sure to ask him, hey, can I get some flyers printed and just have me as like a buyer's agent or a contact um, if they're interested in this listing. Um, And most of the times they'll say yes. Uh, As well as I bring in some marketing pieces about the strengths of Windermere and how we set ourselves apart from other brokerages. Uh, One thing I'm a big fan of is the Windermere Foundation. And I like to talk about how we give back to our local community uh, as a company and as local agents. Um, so I like to get all those pieces together and figured out before my open house. You know, and I love that. Um, you know, we have so many people today that when they're seeking service from uh, other professionals is they want to know, are they civic minded? And I think the foundation is a huge piece for that. Uh, one other question, yeah. I've read, do, you, do you do any digitize, digitization of any of your documentation? So for example, if I QR coding, so maybe I can grab a QR code of, of, of maybe signing up for neighborhood news or a QR code of a seller book or a buyer book. Do you do, are you seeing any of that stuff happening or are you doing any of that? Yeah. So um, obviously when the pandemic hit, uh, I remember you posted something on Facebook about you're walking around the neighborhood. You saw open house, uh, like a for sale sign and there was no QR code. Yeah. And then ever since that video, I've been <laughs> doing it on the sign, big old printout of a QR code. Uh, as well as QR codes on my flyers, uh, because you know some people are still kind of hesitant about touching stuff. But also, if I run out of flyers, they just take their phone, scan it, boom, all the home yeah. information's there. And then if they want more information, they can just reach out to me. It's just a one-click thing, so it makes it very convenient for prospective buyers. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I saw an open house the other day where they had done, uh, so they were making their buyer book and their seller book just available on a QR code. So when you came yeah. in, it was a sample. They said, if you'd like to know more about how to buy a home in this area, just scan the code. If you'd like to know more about selling a home in this area, scan the code. And what was interesting is they said it's kind of their litmus test to find out if this person is more a buyer or more a seller. And, uh, and then they're taking their, and then taking their uh, books with them when they scan them. And now you've got that information living on their phone, which uh, this agent said, it's, you know, like, it's the most precious thing that people own. And now you've just got your information on their phone, which I thought was really, really um, kind of a neat deal uh, in, in setting yeah. that up and how they did that. And then I saw another one where they just had the agent's contact information was built into a QR code. So if they scanned the yeah. uh, agent's contact information, it would pop up on the phone and say, go ahead and add this agent to your phone. So they could immediately grab the contact information I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Um, so, so, so going through, so preparing, you're getting it ready, anything specific you do with the house. I mean, I know, I know there's all kinds of stuff out there. They can learn about, make sure it's lit, make sure it's, you know, uh, it's all open. I mean, anything you find that you do that really enhances kind of the feeling of the home when buyers come in. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, make sure the lights are on, make sure it's open. And if there's like special features about the home, make sure those are all on, like if it's a water fountain, um, Maybe if there's a sound system built in, I'll play some light music. Uh, the biggest thing is just make sure I know the house inside and out. And that's, I find so critical because buyers are going to ask tons of questions. And if you don't know them, they're not going to really see you as a market expert or somebody who can represent them in that home. So uh, if you're doing a listing for another agent, just make sure you you know everything. And if the inspection report has been done, make sure you go through the inspection report uh, just so you can provide that knowledge to people coming into the open house. Right. And also too, I, I would assume that also just having a really good understanding of the activity in that neighborhood, in that geographic location. So if somebody said, well, the, we, there was this one house we liked down the street, but it looks like that sold. And you say, oh yeah, well that's sold for, because that also showcases your knowledge as being an expert, correct? Yeah, so when I have my iPad, I make sure I have uh, use a hotspot, make sure I have access to the MLS. So as soon as they bring up a house or, hey, that one just sold, I pull it up within seconds, and I'm able to speak on behalf of it. Because honestly, to remember every single house that's sold is, is hard. So it's nice to have yeah, oh, yeah. the iPad there and just pop it up on the MLS and be like, yeah, this is the house, and then you can talk about it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I was just reading. I'm going to go old school on you here for a second. So this was an article that I posted actually today. It's by National Association of Realtors. It was the 10 stupid staging ideas, but this re this revolves around, and uh, the author is uh, Justin, uh, who has a staging company, but he said this. Uh, he says, baking cookies right before an open house. I just laughed a little bit, and uh, he said, absolutely not. He said, buyers who are chemically sensitive get headaches, irritated eyes, or nausea, and want to leave immediately. And buyers wonder what you're trying to cover up and, and uh, immediately become suspicious that you're, uh, that, that you're something wrong with the house. But my point is, I hear all the time people go, oh, yes, I love, to, I love to do scented candles or I love to do this. What's your thought on that? Because that's kind of, it's funny, I ask them, well, what's, your, what's your secret to an open house? Oh, my gosh, I bake cookies. Or, oh, my gosh, I do scented candles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can definitely see the standpoint of having like a scented candle or like a glade plug in, like, you know, and the buyer's mindset thinking that's covering something up. Yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, uh, I would do open house with one of my uh, 
team agents and uh, he had a food handler's permit. So we were able to bake cookies and as cliche as it sounds, like people liked it. Like they liked that smell. And then, and then they usually, uh, most of the times they're coming with their family and and what kid doesn't like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I'll I'll do it sometimes. Like it it depends on the house, right. And where it's located. Uh, You know, if it's a fixer type of home, I'm obviously not going to make cookies on that when I'm doing a open house, but if it's a nice home in a nice neighborhood, uh, really nice kitchen. We kind of really want to showcase that area. Um, I, I, I'll probably bake cookies and then kind of put them on the table. And then what I find is buyers will actually kind of like congregate around the island. So they'll they'll kind of stand in line either to get a cookie or a water. And then I'll kind of have a you know several people there that I can speak to all at once. Right, right. No, I love it. I love it. I, well, I, I was reading this article and I always want to get people's take. My other question um, is that, and you kind of brought this up, is that uh, you talked about music. Um, I know that Windermere now has a Spotify playlist called the Open House Playlist. Do you kind of have music going sometimes at your open houses? Yeah, sometimes, depending which one it is. So so like I said, if it has a sound system in it, I like to showcase that. Uh, So I won't personally bring my own like little boombox or anything like that. Uh, And then if if I know the area is kind of loud, obviously sometimes people play music um, and those type of open houses. So it just depends. Yeah. And so, so the open house happens, you have people coming in, uh, you're greeting them and your goal is to see if they're going to be buyers or sellers. And then what, what's kind of your post open house, uh, checklist. What do you do, uh, after the open house is finished in regards to getting information to the sellers and then also following up the people that you potentially met? Yeah. So the biggest thing is doing the lead follow-up right after the open house uh, just because people's faces are fresh in your mind so when you're either sending them out an email a text message or even a video message i've done that as well just a video message like hey john thanks for coming to the open house it was a pleasure to meet you and your family uh if you have any more questions please let me know so i make sure i do that once i done with the open house pick up my signs either i'll go to the office or my home office and do the lead follow-up and that's where i've seen the best um, engagement versus if I wait a day or two, like, Oh, I'll get to that list and I'll, and I'll follow up with them on Monday. I barely get any engagement. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. Cause it's, it's out of sight, out of mind, or it's taken a while. Right. And so it's, they're not, uh, they're not really thinking about it again. So you do it right after the Correct. fact. Correct. So I'll, I'll go back and then like, I'll do a video message and then even a text message and then, maybe the next day in the email. So I'll kind of hit them like three times. And and are you using, and you're using, like you said, Open House Pro to kind of facilitate this, right? Because that's where they, they put their information in. Cor- correct. So I'll, I'll log into Open House Pro and then they'll have a list of everybody's name, number, email. And then if somebody said, do not contact me, I'll also make sure I put that in notes and I won't contact them. But everybody else, who's allowed me to like send them stuff, I'll reach out to them um, and send them that video message or text message and try to make it personable uh, versus like a generic drip campaign. Like, Hey, thanks for coming to open house. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. But what the video does, it, it just personalizes it. And then, you know, it, they're seeing my face again and I'm saying their name again. So trying to make more of a connection. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I mean, you got, you got, body language, tone, pitch, and tempo. I mean, it's a deeper connection than an email 
or a text. And I think sometimes yeah. we try to take the easy way out where doing a video has a much greater impact. I would agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, my other question. So now, what if it's your listing, what are you doing to communicate to the sellers? So uh, after the open house, we'll all communicate to sellers, kind of just let them know who's been through the home, as well as uh, with my Open Home Pro app, I also see if they're been a pre-approved, yes or no. So I'll kind of break down the list of example, if I've had 20 people come through the open house, I'll let my sellers know, hey, we had 20 people. Out of those 20 people, about 12 of them were pre-approved. And then also I'll let them know, like five people have asked for the inspection report, which is a good indicator they're extremely serious about the home. Um, And then also I'll give them some feedback. Like we had several people that didn't like something about the house. Because I feel like that's really important. Um, As well as when you're holding the open, if somebody doesn't like something about the house, Uh, I feel like agents sometimes get defensive or try to come up with a solution, uh, which I, I, me personally, if they don't like something, I I agree with them. I was like, yeah, I I completely see where you guys are coming from and why you don't like that. And then I just kind of communicate that back to the seller. Yeah, I think, I I think it's a great thing that you'd say because, you know, nothing is directed at anybody, right? So if somebody says, well, you didn't like their personal preference, they're not trying to attack you. And so not taking it personally. And also too, you know what that, I love that you say that because what we're doing is we're removing the drama that we so create sometimes in this industry uh, to where the sellers say, Hey, you know, we got some, we got some good, uh, some good constructive criticism back from a few buyers about things they liked. And there's some things they didn't like, and that's okay. Um, But let's talk about it. And being able to have that conversation, I think is important. Yeah. And right now with today's market, usually the house will sell the first weekend. Uh, if we were not in today's market where the home you know, maybe sits on the market for a few weeks after the first traditional open house, I'll follow up with the seller and talk about doing that mega open house or doing some kind of little event where, you know, I'll put out more signs. And uh, I know our office has big, large banners for Windermere. Uh, so we'll put those out and do something a little more grand on the second open house or the following week. Right. You know, and uh, kind of looking at this, one of the things I was going to ask you, I forgot to ask you this, but do you find that there's an optimal day at the weekend or an optimal time where you see the most traffic? Yeah. So generally, if it's not my listing uh, and it's another agent's listing, uh, obviously I want to be the first one holding the open house. And I like to do it on Friday, five to seven. Wow. Um, okay. And I've actually... It's five seven, so we're catching people who are coming home from work, as well as they're the first ones seeing this home. So if they're willing to come to open house after work, that indicates to me they are extremely serious about this house. Yes. Um, and I've actually closed two buyers from that. One actually just this year too. Just uh, from doing those the, the Friday, so Friday from five to seven is kind of an optimal time because. Uh, it's close to the weekend, but you're also getting people who are more serious for you. Correct. Yeah. And then is there, and then how about on the weekend? Is there a certain weekend day that you find is better? Yeah. So um, if I do one on Friday, I'll just do one on Sunday or Saturday. I like to keep them from either one to three or two to four. Uh, I only do two hour open houses. Um, and the strategy behind that is I like to, get as much people into the house that's allowed so it shows uh, you know the activity and people trying to buy this house as well as 
if you space it out, I, there's no, sorry, let me backtrack to my thought. So I feel like if you space it out, uh, you know, when people come to the open house, they're not going to see other people in there. So it's not going to create that kind of urgency of this home. So by doing the shorter open houses, like one to three or two to four, and people see other buyers in there, it creates that urgency for my seller um, or the buyer to put in an offer for the home. Yeah. I, yeah. And you know, and what's interesting too, is what, I, you know, the whole thing we're talking about here is the exposure and what I was looking at, and it's tough to tell because COVID kind of skewed the numbers, but what we did find is that the agents that were listing agents that did a combination of having really, really great virtual tours and Matterports and doing a great job with their signage and their marketing to the public, but then also having open houses. Uh, what we were seeing post COVID was an increase in list to sell ratios. Um, which for the, for, the, for the sellers who are listening to this podcast today, uh, what that means to you is that means that if we list a home, let's say it's 700, and we have high list to sell ratios, meaning that 700 is the list price, but it's going at, let's say, 110%. Um, that means that you're going 10% over where you listed it. What we found was when it's a combination of using open houses and all the other things that an agent does, they were fetching a higher sales price then when they were trying to cut corners thinking that let's just do this real quickly and get it done because homes are flying off the market, they were absolutely leaving money on the table. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, the open houses and the houses I've sold, we've almost <clears throat> netted about 20 or more percent for our sellers by doing the open houses. Um, and then every open house I did during you know COVID, even now I'll have another agent with me and we'll still get a line out the door. So it's just really creating that frenzy. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, so I was saying, well, we got to be gone, you know, on Fridays, we're going to have to go to dinner, leave the house. And I know on Sunday you're doing it and, you know, and, and they say, well, how often do we need to do this? And I get it. But at the same time, you know, it's also being able to really articulate and have that conversation with them. that says these things we're doing are going to allow you to leverage uh, to your advantage, Right. And, and, and get you more money uh, for your home if we do these things correctly and we do them the right way, like you're talking about. Correct. I, com I completely agree with you. And usually majority of times the clients are really open to like, hey, we'll do a weekend getaway. Um, and then this way the house is completely empty and then I can have it staged or presented the way I think is most effective uh, for the sale of the home. Uh, so like I said, I agree with you just doing the open house. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm so excited because I think as, as we come back out of this time that we just went through with COVID COVID did actually throw some challenges at everybody. And I think, uh, I mean, as you said, you figured out ways around it, but as we get back to the normal, so to speak, uh, and open houses, um, you know, I think a lot of agents could learn from just slowing down and using a process. Do you kind of have a checklist that you go through just this year's I know, so you have consistency when you do open houses? Yeah, and a checklist as in choosing the open houses or just kind of how I- Just in what you're going to do. Like, here's here's how I'm going to set it up. Here's what I'm going to do every single time. So there's, so every time you have an open house, my I, I guess my point, let me get, kind of give it to a different way. You know, if I'm in a neighborhood and let's say you start having a, a couple or two or three open houses in my neighborhood and I'm a neighbor- and I start seeing the level of consistency of what you're doing, that speaks volumes to your value. Because right? I'm, so, I'm, I'm comparing you to other experiences I might have in the real estate market. Yeah. Um, so 
to be consistent, I try to do it in the same city, at least minimum, if not the same neighborhood uh, every week for at least a good couple of weeks, back to back with no gaps. Uh, just recently, um, I did like three Bothell open houses back to back and I had repeat buyers come through and they're like, Hey, you were at that other open house. Oh, Hey, we remember you. Right. And now since they've remembered me now they're calling me and asking me about homes in Bothell. Um, just because either they're not having success or just want a second opinion and a fresh approach. Well, and, and you've, and you've set the, you've set the standard and also too, you know, the studies say typically, you know, clients pick real estate agents, you know, arbitrarily in one to three days, and it's based off of frequency of interaction. And so to your point, yep. you know, here you are, they see you once and they see you again, and they see a consistency in, in the quality of what you're doing. Uh, and that and that builds equity in their mind about you and seeing you being the trusted advisor. So um, I think, and, and to my point, while I asked that question, because I see a lot of people say, well, open houses didn't work for me. So, well, how often do you do them? Well, I did it one time and nothing ha- came from it. And that's a, you know, that's the, that's the instant gratification mindset versus, Hey, no, there's a process you use. There's a checklist you go through. You do it every time you do it consistently. And lo and behold, it generates business. Yeah. I'll, I'll even do two opens in one day. Yeah. Um, just kind of depends on, you know, availability and if it's, they're both in the same area, it's why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, and although, although now your daughter might have something to say about that. Yeah, now my time <laughs> might be a little bit limited. <laughs> well, anything, is there anything that I missed or any other little nuggets you want to share before we wrap up, Roman? No, I think we covered a good, you know, spectrum of open houses from, for the agents to buyers to sellers. Uh, other than that, I'd, you know, get out there and do some open houses. Yep. Well, hey, let me ask you this. If, if, so if people want to contact you, I know your email is uh, Roman at winriver.com. That's one way for people to get a hold of you if they want to find out more about how you do things in your open house. Also, you're so gracious to share your phone number, which is for the listeners, it's 206-330-6367. And again, uh, Robin is with our Bellevue Commons office uh, and his name is Robin Chabla. Robin, thank you for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Michael. Yeah. And uh, listeners, again, uh, if you like what we're doing, please let us know. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Ask a Winnemer Coach. Uh, We hope we're hitting the mark. If you like this stuff, please share it out. And if you want to reach out to Raman, uh, I'll put his information in the show notes as well. And also list a couple of the tools that he talked about that he uses. And I'll even throw in an article on there about some of the things that I found when I was doing some research for this uh, podcast. Again, thank you, everybody. Uh, As we always end, uh, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day. One other item that Raman and I did not talk about, but we don't want to dismiss, is also open houses. Let's also be aware of our safety. We want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and we're putting ourselves in safe environments. So we also included in the show notes a link to some of the best safety apps that are out there to make you feel a little bit safer when you might be in an open house where you are alone. And so we want to make sure that you also understand that that is something that we also take very seriously. Hopefully you found this all helpful. Thanks so much for listening. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. 
Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.